What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo, and this is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. Each week, I get together with some of the most inspiring and creative people I know to share their stories with you in the hopes that it inspires you to get out into the world and start doing what you've been put on this planet to do. I feel we've all been put here for a reason. It's an amazing opportunity that we have to be alive at this present moment in time. Everything is at the tip of your fingertips. There's no more middleman in the way of you getting out there and doing what you want to do. And I hope that these stories, these people that I'm sharing with you, inspire you to get off the couch and out into the world, living the life that you've been put on this planet to live. What's up, everybody? This week's episode of the Inspired Creativity Podcast, we are flashing back to 30 Days of Inspiration, the project that actually started or inspired this podcast to come to life. I had all kinds of technical issues this week from recording a podcast with an amazing artist in the Bay Area, Jai Shira. At the end of the conversation, we were winding things down. My internet decided to crap out, and all the files were lost. I had this bright idea that I would share a wonderful three-hour conversation that I had with my good friend Noah Julian instead. And when I opened up that file to do a little editing, I found that that file was also corrupt. At least I had some amazing conversations with these people. I'm sorry I couldn't share them with you. So I decided to jump into the archives from 30 Days of Inspiration and share a really fun conversation I had with Jennifer Shelter. Jennifer is a Philadelphia-based artist, writer, yogi, meditation instructor. She leads retreats. She's actually going to be leading a retreat in February, on February 8th, a women's radiant retreat in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. And March 2019, March 16th, she'll be leading her 13th, it's the 13th anniversary of the Radiant Retreat to New Mexico. All this information is on Jennifer's website, which is jennifershelter.com. I highly suggest going there, following her, following her on all of her socials. She's much more than just a yoga teacher, much more than just an artist, much more than just a writer. She really is an amazing, inspiring soul. And if you actually hang out all the way through the episode, you're going to be treated with a sweet guided meditation from Jennifer called The Field. So please enjoy the conversation. Before we do jump into the conversation, I want to talk a little bit about Lighthouse Family Network, which is a podcast network that I'm creating to share more inspiring content with all of you. Last week I talked about it a little bit. We're going to be doing a Kickstarter. It was originally supposed to launch on 11.11. We've now pushed it back to 12.12. So we have all of the information and everything really ready to roll. And that's hard for me. Being a Pisces that I am, I love to just dive right in and share everything and get everything out as quick as possible. So I'm super thankful for my team that's helping me with this, that's actually keeping me grounded so we can put out the best quality content that we can for all of you. It's going to be really exciting. There's going to be five shows, six including this one, with everything from storytelling to business, meditation, birth, stories about life. It's really inspiring. I'm really excited about this. So be on the lookout for more information coming really soon about the Lighthouse Family Network. 
And with that, I just want to take a moment to, I don't want to say send thoughts and prayers to everyone that's been affected by gun violence in the last week, last two weeks. But let's all try to love a little bit harder and to be kinder to our fellow man. It's a tricky time out there, my friends. Please be careful. Know that I love you and I appreciate you all for listening. Now kick back. Be on the lookout for more information about the Lighthouse Family Network and enjoy this conversation with Jennifer Shelter. Have a great week, my friends. fascinating we did some meditations about visualizing themselves and feeling themselves in another light mm-hmm. and I'm just really interested how people shift their their relationship to themselves oh that's yeah. good because I've, I've sort of realized that I spent probably 15 years like my first 15 20 years in yoga sort of feeling that I was going to shift everything to, to, to the world and I mm-hmm. kind of got it backwards <laughs> so when you say shift to the world and we're just going like, to roll into this and yeah, I'll record yeah, yeah, the yeah. intro after okay okay that sounds good <laughs> so shift shift how well that you were going to have like this big revelation yes to, that, that like there would be change the world yeah there, or there would be some great moment when I would suddenly feel peaceful or um, I would suddenly get along with everybody perfectly and I kept kind of like holding that as what enlightenment was it was like something out there mm-hmm. so do you think that the more that you learned in those years actually made it harder I do <laughs> <laughs> and, but not in a bad way not this always comes way. back to me because growing up my Mom would say to me, Joe, the more you know, the harder life gets. And I remember, you know, being this little kid and being like, what are you talking about? How could that be? If I know more, why is it going to get harder? Mm -hmm. But it makes so much sense now because we've become more aware. Mm. Like, oh, all those things that I really wanted to do, now I really realize how hard it actually is. Yeah, that would be, that would be fitting. Yeah, I, here I thought it was sort of, I think a teacher is such a difficult position to be in because you're holding up teachings, but then to walk it and apply it to yourself on your in your personal life, it's sort of easy to do that in the studio, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, it's not as easy in your personal life. Right. And so I felt like my personal life was really, really... It was lacking, and I didn't know how to switch it back to myself mm-hmm. until I closed my studio. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Because then I didn't have to hold up so much. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I could actually be a civilian <laughs> instead of a teacher. So, do you think that that was more of a your own mind? Like putting the boundaries on, like you have to 
have this persona yes. because you're the one with the keys opening the door, holding yes. the space. Yes, I think that was more at the time, yeah. And then I also had, you know, I had begun my practice by reading a lot of nice quotes and sharing a lot of my personal life and teaching from story, because I love to teach from story. Um, but I just remember one student saying, you used to read more and you used to say more. And I was like, yeah, hmm, but if, what if I just want to be quiet? And what if they're coming because the product is X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And I, what if I change that product? What if what if my teaching changes? Or do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's a, it was a that was enlightening for me. And it should change, though. And it should change. And I think also once you do something for ten years, it's okay to change. You know. Right. So I think that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Really wanting to change. So, I'm Joe Longo, this is Jennifer Schauser, this is 30 Days of Inspiration, and because I get to do this for myself, I get to start it however I want, and that's how we're going to start today. Um, Jennifer is an artist, an author, a yogi, what else do you do? (laughs) A lot of things. She has a beautiful tree in her yard. I have a beautiful tree. Uh, Yeah, I lead... Uh, team buildings, Mm -hmm. which is really amazing, self-care for corporate teams, and I coach people one-on-one, and I lead retreats. So I want to jump back into the, what you started with talking with the entrepreneurs, Mm. because that sounds so interesting. Um, Was it for what, like an organization of entrepreneurs, like a... Yeah, it was for an Support group for entrepreneurs. Right, no, it was actually for a day of, it was was for life advantage and uh, it was for up and coming entrepreneurs and who are starting their own business. And it is just really amazing to me that that if one is an entrepreneur, which essentially an artist is or a Mm -hmm. teacher is, that you really have to decide Okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm going to serve other people. I'm gonna support them. And the only way to really do that is to do it for yourself simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy speaking to people who are trying to grow, grow something, and they're they're definitive about that. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's so hard. It's so <laughs> so challenging. I think that's why I love it though, because it's challenge. Uh huh. Because if somebody has something at stake, well, that's really fun to be around. Right. And it's not just like, oh, let's just sit around and be peaceful. It's like there's something at stake. Mm-hmm. And so I think teaching to sharing and offering meditation and creative visualization is so powerful for entrepreneurs. Uh, I love offering that. So how did they receive it? They loved it, actually. Um, we did an exercise where I had them visualize a time in their life when they succeeded in a way that surpassed their expectations. And I led them through a creative visualization. And then two very brave souls. Uh, and then I had them write after the, after the, uh, the visualization. And then they wrote down the scene and how they felt. And then they declared an I am from that as well. So this one woman read about 
giving birth and what it was like and it sounded exactly like what it's like to birth a business mm-hmm. so I think it's interesting because so many people feel like they need to go to business school and business school is great but I also feel like there's a lot of things in our own lives that can apply and teach us how to run a business quite well right right yeah. it's good to I guess have an understanding yes um, on how to run a business yeah like me I had no clue I just quit my job. I was like, I'm going to take pictures and figure this out. And right. I'm still figuring it out. Right. It's been super fun. But I wish when I was in art school that there would have been some kind of class on anything about running a business. Or finding clients, managing clients. That would be great for art schools to actually start teaching artists. Like, how to survive as an artist. Because we have, I know me, like I have this like, and I'm a Pisces, so it's even worse. Like I have these huge lofty goals. Like I'm going to do this and do that. Like this, I'm going to do this 30 day of inspiration project and talk to people. I'm doing it, yes. And I'm like, where did this come from? And how can I like, not that it's about money, but is there a way to monetize it that I can keep going? Because now people are reaching out and like, I've gone through this struggle. It would be great to tell the story and to create Mm. images, which I would so love to do. Mm. But it's like, in my artist head, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And then in my like business world, how am I going to pay my bills and eat? Right, like right, that part of right. it. Um, but yeah, it's tricky being an artist and figuring out how how to be a businessman as well. Because they are, for most people, I think, two totally separate brains. Yeah, they are separate brains. I think that that's the part that I love to play with, quite frankly, because the the business side is more yang. It's mm-hmm. definitely more directive and specific and logistical and rational and mm-hmm. all those great things. And then the, which is very mod, which is very quantifiable. It's mm-hmm. specific and measurable. End of story. It's black right. and white. You either did it or you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's a sense of integrity, which a, a friend, um, Jennifer Richmond, was speaking about that on Saturday as well. She was saying that um, she had taken a leadership course. And this is true of myself. It's like every day or every week and on Monday or Sunday, I write down all the things I'm going to do this week. And then (laughs) it's like (laughs) off to the races on Monday. Mm -hmm. But the sense, my sense of well-being and integrity relies on my word. When I say I'm going to do something, there's no boss like coming. Right. You know, so I think one thing that's really enlightening for me is that I'm the boss and sometimes I hate me like I hate my boss mm-hmm. you know I say that often <laughs> I'm like no I can't go my boss will not my let me, me <laughs> he's a creep sometimes <laughs> um, and there's sort of the cliche that I hear on radio shows you know like oh my boss is uh-huh. I'm like yeah well yeah run your own business and see what it's like right um, but I, I like I like the integrity that running a business has taught me. I don't know if it's for everybody, but it certainly is a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it makes you see everything through the lens of quantifiable and having those type of conversations. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when I had my studio, a lot of people said they wanted to be on a percentage basis, uh-huh. but when a push came to shove, they just want to get paid. Right. So. Anyway, I think it's interesting and fun to have accountability, and it's a little bit difficult, but I think it it, it, it makes you have your, 
your ears on the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, coaching. What's your background? How did how did how did all how did how did all that happen? How did all of this happen? <laughs> From a yoga studio owner to author, painter, yeah. coach. Like, well, um, I, I think I'm like a I'm really like a cross training artist. I, mm -hmm. I meet different mediums, feed. They're like I have a very integrated practice. Um, I'm also dyslexic, so I'm gonna say it, it. The best thing about being dyslexic is that you make funky connections everywhere you go, and your brain wants to cross pollinate. So my 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 bonnet. My bees, my head is like, <laughs> and um, I, and then so it just makes me want to do different things, mm -hmm. and I think mostly it's about full self-expression, because if one medium, like if I can get a message across that I'm interested in yoga, that's really important, um, but if yoga is not necessarily the best medium for something, well then memoir writing is or poetry is mm -hmm. or maybe painting a painting um, is the better medium you just don't know and so it's really fun to play in the realm of creativity mm -hmm. so that's I became a coach because people uh, well I'm the oldest child of four so I've always kind of been the leader by default mm -hmm. and I also just studied so much self-development and I so love people and I so love seeing them not suffering and I don't like to suffer so I just got I got and then I had so much therapy and so many courses and uh, so much healing of myself to do that now I just share that experience best I can but I always say I'm not a therapist or anything I'm just very good at um, I'm very good at facilitating groups where people feel calm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. When did the coaching start? Uh, the coaching started when I had my studio and people would ask for private yoga sessions and then those yoga sessions would spill into meditation and then meditation would spill into what's going on and then uh, people would just ask, what do you think about this, this and this? And mm -hmm. I'd say, well, let's sit and have that conversation. And instead of just sitting there, you know, on on my dime, I said I would just make it into a coaching session uh -huh. because I did go to, you know, Wharton Small Business, and I did do a lot of self development classes, and I did um, lots of lots of soul searching to have a business and. Um, so I just started advising and also using things like, I mean, there's so many amazing people out there like Brian Tracy and mm -hmm. all the, I mean, I listen to just everybody to try to get some um, sense of direction. And then I would just pass that direction off to others or ask them, mostly people just want to be asked the right questions and have like a space to work something through. I love it how like things just evolve. You know, like yeah. they move. You know, it's like the progression happens. Yeah, and then you know you realize that a lot of people aren't listened to, and 
um, I took once I took a landmark education class and it was such a good class it was about listening and I'm still not very good listener I mean none of us are really trained in listening mm -hmm. but I realized that if somebody's being listened to and nobody's adding to their listening mm -hmm. they can and I just mirror back what you say there's a good chance you're gonna get a lot of information about yourself right so just simple things that whether I do it on a retreat and do partners listening and partners communication or that's what I might do with a client it just helps them feel and get themselves a little more right. yeah right. Uh, the last time we hung out we talked a little bit about Gary Vaynerchuk Yes, and one I of, love that guy. Me too. He's great. He's one of, really, really oh. hot. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's got all of the energy. Don't know where it comes from. Yeah. But one of the things that he said once that really got me, he was like, I'm always listening. And I'm oh. always paying attention. Yes. And even though you might think I'm looking you in the eyes, I'm looking to see what kind of sneakers you have on. Right. And what kind of shoes you wear and right. different things. And then how that like all incorporates it, who you really and it was kind of this like really eye-opening thing because he really seems to have his like the pulse on everything whatever is happening he knows that it's happening he does. and it really made sense then because it really was like he's always going yeah. but somehow part of his mind is always like right there paying attention to everything it's amazing so that listening it really pays off if you can figure out how to do it <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't live at that pace, but I, I mean, I think also, you know, I think it's really um, interesting to live at the pace of your energy. And mm -hmm. I am not, I'm more of an introvert. I, some people think I'm an extrovert because I spend a lot of time in front of people, but really I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. I like to be by myself and quiet and mm -hmm. I'm pretty much of an introvert first, extrovert second. And, um... But I think it's interesting because he's he's clearly that. Let's mm -hmm. just put it that way. Like that, his essence works in that environment, and I think it's so interesting to to allow. It's taken a long time just to allow myself to be at my own speed mm -hmm. because I'm kind of sometimes I'm like that, but most times I, I, I don't I don't know where my glasses are. I. I <laughs> Get things. I don't know where I put my keys. I mean, I'm kind of more like I think that Einstein used to forget things. And I'm not saying I'm Einstein, but my brain tends to sort of be floating in that poetic "how can I be in the universe" thing. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> I, I mean, there's not. I, wish I, I, I don't know if there really that. is anyone else out there that That's is just like not him. my speed, but he's awesome. And I and I think it's so awesome because I, I work with so many people and they feel such pressure to be to go faster all the time mm -hmm. and and so I'm sort of feel like the, I'm the power of slow <laughs> that's what I'm interested in feeling slow yeah just sort of slower mm -hmm. yeah because I, I think I spent like from 30 to 45 thinking I really needed to go faster and that just wasn't helping me I kind of feel I'm there. I always have to go. And then sometimes I feel guilty if I'm not going. And I think that Faster. comes back to being 
my own boss. Yeah, that I feel like I have to be going and going. Right. And going. Right. And if I stop or sit down, like, oh no, I should be doing something because, because I'm also my boss. You know, so I feel like I should be <laughs> like. he's gonna come. Yeah, hey, Joe, exactly. Go back to work. Right. Don't sit on the couch. Right. Like you should be upstairs editing or doing right, something right. or you right. know trying to always do something. Right. But that was one of the biggest struggles that I've had when I moved into this world mm -hmm. was actually stopping and slowing down because even at like nine o'clock at night I would feel like I should be doing something. If I'm not doing something, I'm not acting. Like I'm not. I'm not working hard. I think everybody, well that's so interesting. Yeah, I think entrepreneurs or artists, um, I think we have to develop really, really good skills and I, I am not there. I am, feel like I'm just still really learning uh, how to create boundaries mm -hmm. so that I don't, if I take my computer, because I know sometimes I like to write, I love to write. Well, sometimes if I'm writing, I know I'll take my notebook and I'll write in bed on Saturday mornings because it's like, oh, I can sit there with my cup of coffee and I can write, and it's mm -hmm. wonderful. But I don't, I'm aware that I don't want to do that all the time because if I get in bed and my brain goes, oh, we're going to write, then I'm going to be thinking about that all the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm fascinated with mental health and especially what's been happening what happened with Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. Uh, I think it's it's pretty much a crisis that how to handle the mind and how to train it as if it's fitness mm -hmm. is it's going to probably become more and more. I see that becoming more and more valuable. Yeah. Um, do you see that? I do. So you know, with all. Of this technology that we're talking into. Um, Will Smith has started, uh, I don't know how much he does it, but vlogging more. Okay. And doing like fun little Instagram clips. And it's great because I remember Will Smith, like he's the Fresh Prince and he's yeah. always going to be the Fresh Prince. Right. And that's like how he's presenting himself because it's himself. Like that character right. was really him. Himself. Right. And, but he's been, you know, putting out these little videos, and one of them, he was going scuba diving, and apparently tremendously afraid of the water and doing okay. that. And when he got out, like, he just went off about, like, mental toughness. And it really yeah. comes down to, like, if you can control your mind, you can control anything. But we have such a hard time because we let our mind just go rampant on us. And, you know... All kinds of stories it'll come up with. Why is nobody liking my Instagram posts? Why is nobody liking my pictures? You know what I mean? They could then be like, because the algorithm isn't showing it to them. But in my mind, I'm like, they don't like my stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so it's so hard that, you know, and everyone, it feels like everyone is out there like, oh, well, here's my dinner. Here's what I'm doing. My life is great. But really, is it? And then when you start to, like, I think that's where a lot of people now are hitting that depression where they're trying so hard to make it look like their life is amazing so other people say their life is amazing instead of just appreciating the life that they have I mean, like, it's fucking amazing who cares if nobody's gonna hit the like button because of my chocolate cake you know <laughs> like they're just like my life is great because I can eat a piece of chocolate cake I don't care if you like it or not but we've moved so far into the world of is anybody gonna like 
so and I desperate. Think that's what I just I find it like that I um, the the whole idea of happiness being the goal is just it's it's an impossible goal because really you know, parents are dying, kids get ticks and lice, cats get hit by a car, somebody is missing. Um, there's just so much loss and devastation at random times, and and life is great. I mean, life is amazing. But come on, like the richness of life, like in terms of art, I mean, everything is beautiful because there's darkness. There's, I mean, if this tree was just lit, it, it would be flat. Right. I mean, because dark darkness lends itself to depth, mm -hmm. and pain lends itself to beauty. I mean, and, and if we're just sort of like, hi, Joe, <laughs> how are you? It's like, ah, you know? It's, it's just too, I find it to be too much. Mm -hmm. And I almost have this radar now where I feel like, really, is this, am I tapping into somebody's curated life? Have they actually now bought their curated life so much that there's, they don't even know the difference anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that's happened in my lifetime, <laughs> which is sort of weird. Yeah. But, um, and I think my one good friend and I were talking about it the other day, it's almost like we've been taught that it's also not okay to be sad and to sit in your sadness. You know, that we can't, like when someone says, how are you? If you say, ah, shitty day today, I really feel like I can cry. Yeah. People just don't actually. They're like, really? Yeah, like, Maybe life is you great. should get the Mindspace app. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, thanks. Right. I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you because if sad is unacceptable, then what is it? Then, then really you're, you're, dividing you're saying that parts of yourself are not acceptable and I really I, I really believe in that family parts therapy that that there are multiple parts of ourselves there's the dark part there, you know, there's the shadow there's the trickster mm -hmm. there's the shy person there's the the little boy inside of you you know what I mean there's all these parts of you mm -hmm. and um, there's the shameful self there's the regretful self, and they all like that, like that Disney movie. Did you see that Disney movie? I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, <laughs> but it was all like the different parts of the little girl, and it showed it inside. Mm -hmm. But it's really important to know those parts because sometimes I know in my past the the fearful self is taking over too much. Right. You know, and and it's not my fault; it's my default. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like now I just have to say oh my god I'm so much fear right now and instead of pretending it wasn't there I used to just suppress it and suppress it and suppress it now I'll just say to somebody I'm really afraid right now or I'm really sad right now and I'd rather know my feeling state mm -hmm. than suppress yeah because suppression for me creates depression and I, I don't I'd rather not be depressed right right and a lot in my in my kundalini classes that I teach, I tell people, I'm like, this is kundalini yoga is pokes at you, provokes you, and elevates you. Okay. But it's meant to make you feel mm -hmm. everything. 
not just the good and happy, but to feel all the feelings, which is yeah. also the sad as well. Yeah. And if we're not feeling the sad, how are we going to really feel the happy? Right. But we have to be able to allow ourselves to feel all of it. And then Completely. we can really start moving forward, however, making change or doing the things that you want to do. But if you're kind of just walking around not feeling, how could... <laughs> or suppressing, you know, because I don't, I don't want to feel that pain or that happiness or whatever. Right. Like I'm just gonna push that down. Yeah. Eventually, that's gonna come back and kick you in the ass. <laughs> so tell me about your book. Tell me about this book you're writing. Well, I'm writing a memoir called Some Beauty, mm -hmm. and it is specifically my search, really, from having a difficult time learning mm -hmm. so I have a learning disability with dyslexia that was that wasn't diagnosed and the repercussions also of searching for one's identity and really the question being what is beauty and how I sort of searched for what the meaning was for for years and years and years so really I guess the, as the saying goes, you're supposed to write the book that you're looking to read. Mm -hmm. So that's what this is. Did you find beauty? You know, it's still in a process, but yes, I have found, I have found beauty and it's not what I expected, mm. which is good. My friend and teacher Jennifer Pastelot, have mm -hmm. you heard of Jennifer? Yeah, I have. She has this wonderful, for a long time she was on this kick beauty hunting. Okay. So like you would go to her workshop and she'd be like, all right, go out and take pictures and just, you know. Okay, that's beautiful. Find the beauty all yes. around. Like become a beauty hunter and actually look and be like, oh, wow, like, this is beautiful. Like, yeah. it re the beauty really is all around. For as cheesy as it sounds, <laughs> it really is. Like, it you is. can see the sky back there because it's kind of gray, yeah. but the sky in front of us yeah, that you cannot gorgeous. see is Gorgeous, it's like the blues gorgeous. and the whites with the greens. It's, the beauty is all around. Yeah, and all you have to do is just, I mean, if you step outside with a camera or you step outside with a pencil and a pad, you start to look at where the lines are coming from and the patterns, just mind-blowing. And then also to translate that inside though, I guess the book for me at least is that all that translates to a sense of self-acceptance because sort of this radical shifting of mother nature and we have radical shifts that go on inside of us mm -hmm. and so to be able to rectify that is a big part of the book right well i was just gonna say it's yeah. so easy for me to sit here and be like oh well that tree is beautiful that tree is beautiful right. but if i need to look inside <laughs> hell no <laughs> <laughs> That is so hard to find that beauty. Oh, yeah. I know it's there, but you know, like it's very easy for me to be like, that's beautiful and this is beautiful and that's mm -hmm. all everywhere. But if someone was like, well, tell me what's beautiful about you, I'd be like, um, um, uh, you know? What is beautiful about you, too? Oh, all of the things. Oh, <laughs> My gorgeous hair. My I feathered it today. <laughs> My gorgeous scalp. I'm very thankful that I have a nice head you do have a for nice being head. a bald man. It would have sucked if when my hair fell out and it was just like one of those weird, bumpy heads. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been tough.
<laughs> I can only imagine what that was like. Yeah. Uh, it was an experience. Yeah. So, some advice for people out there that want to find the beauty, find their bliss. Mm. Yeah, I would say <laughs> that's such a such a great question. Uh, yeah, Joseph Campbell always said, "Follow your bliss," and I would say, "Follow what won't go away. Follow the thing that nags you." Whether it's taking a class on cooking, or you've always wanted to be a great tap dancer, or you've wanted to go study tigers, or I mean, I, I sort of feel like we all have our little weird, quirky things that we bury mm-hmm. and we hope they go away. And some of us don't have things that we want specifically, and then we they, those people think that there's something wrong with them because they don't have a vision. Mm-hmm. But I would just say my advice would just be go directly towards what it is you're curious about and what it is that won't leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's something to be found there. I think there's definitely, like Joseph Campbell said, our our future is in our rapture that if we're truly in love with something when i don't mean romantic love i mean it's got us mm-hmm. and it's pulling us and it's almost an obsession then that is a type of rapture and that's worthy of our life yeah it's like when you have you have you seen finding joe the wonderful little documentary about Joseph Campbell. No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. It's great. It really, it's put it. together beautifully. But in that, he says, or he says, I'm sure in all of his writings, when you're trying to find, because there are people who are like, I don't know what's my, what I'm passionate about. I'm not. Yeah. And he's like, if you think back to when you were a kid and you were doing something that you absolutely loved, and people would make fun of you and you would go cry in your room because they were making fun of you, look back at that. Because that's mm. probably where your passion lies. Mm. And because of the kids making fun, you started pushing it down. It's like, but if you go all the way back to what excited you when you were a little kid that people made fun of you for, that's probably where your passion's hiding. Yes. It's usually hiding under some shame, mm-hmm. and it's hiding under a conversation. If I were, if I was meant to do it, I would have done it. And I don't believe that. Yeah. I really believe that if somebody in their 50s or 60s or 40s or however old people, it doesn't really biologically it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because it could have gotten it could have gotten suppressed by a wound. And then, you know, when you get to a certain age, you can't keep it down anymore. You're like ready for that wound to heal. Or you're ready to open that door again and say, well, come on out. (laughs) Let it out. Let Let that passion out. Let that passion out. out. Or get around, my other thing would be to to really get around people who do let let it out and ask them how how they did it. because I think it's really important not to just be frustrated. Yeah. I think it's good to use your creativity. Um, good is is sort of a, not a very expressive word. It's essential to use creativity because it, it feels good. 
Yeah. <laughs> feels it good does. to make beautiful things and give them to people. Yeah. Like that's what I'm so excited about my book. I will have made it with my hands and my head and my body and then I can give it to you. And that makes me excited. Yeah. Because then you're going to have a homemade little piece of artwork. <laughs> that I made. I, I, I've been saying a lot through this project, like creativity for me is like a drug. And I, I get this the biggest high in the world from making something and then putting it out there and giving it to people to hopefully will inspire, uplift, make them look twice, make them think, make them do something. Yeah. Hopefully. But that is like the best high in the world. To create it and then be like, take it for whatever it is. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. But yeah. my job is not done. Yeah, I think it's a it's essential sort of self-esteem or self-confidence. For me, I'm learning how to cook, and that's really exciting to me, thanks to Purple Carrot, which is this amazing <laughs> service that sends vegan food, and I get to cook it. But uh, it's so amazing to make a delicious meal and be excited about the meal, and, and instead of just... Mm -hmm. you know like it's just really fun I think to learn and taste and smell and touch and feed yourself and I think creativity is that eating is yeah. that really magical eating of self self contentment mm. self contenting yes Self-contenting. That's a great word. <laughs> Self-contenting. Well thank you so much for taking your time to sit and chat with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for watching. I'm going to link a little meditation that we're going to record now that Jennifer's going to do for all of us. So make sure you click on that and watch that. Thank you so much for tuning in, for watching, and I will see you tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jennifer. Now, as promised, kick back, find a comfy spot, sit on the floor, sit on your couch, sit on a chair, sit someplace where you're comfy, maybe lay down, and enjoy this sweet guided meditation from Jennifer. Welcome to this beautiful meditation called The Field. The poet Rumi said, out beyond right doing and wrong doing is a field. I'll meet you there. Those sentiments of non-judgment sentiments of beauty, sentiments of naturalness, of genuine relaxation. Taking a nice deep breath in and deep breath out, you could prepare to lie down or sit Becoming conscious of your breathing, your eyes could be closed or open, softly focused. Getting comfortable now, breathing slowly. Not trying to be meditative, but simply enjoying your breath, expanding your stomach. Taking in a nice deep breath. As you exhale, tracking up from the soles of the feet to the crown of the head, out to the edge of your fingertips. 
inhaling a sense of kindness and compassion towards yourself. Exhaling, imagine that the crown of the head is just like a teapot and you release any unnecessary tension or resistance or judgments or fears that may be lingering. Coming into your heart, feeling into your body, feeling any feelings that arise not pushing them down, not suppressing them, but allowing any of your feelings that you may be experiencing today to come to the surface as if they're gifts, wisdom, your beauty. Breathing in and out, perhaps your eyes are closed now, Inhaling as you release in yourself from any judgment, bringing in a sense of love or appreciation, approval for who you are today. As you exhale, appreciating and approving of yourself just as you are today. Allowing any emotion to move through your body. Allowing yourself to feel contented or sad. Allowing yourself to be in touch with your feelings. Visualize anything that was beautiful about your day. Anything small that you saw could be very simple, like the silhouette of a tree or watching a chipmunk scramble up <laughs> beside the driveway or seeing a woman holding a flower at the bus stop. But pause and really consider something that was beautiful about your day, something that you saw or something that you heard. Maybe it was something someone said that to you was special because it touched your heart and it touched you in that deep way inside that made you feel that all was right with the world when you saw or heard or tasted or touched that one little element. Take a good deep breath in knowing that you have this beautiful beauty inside of you now. Come back to your breath. Take a good deep breath into your heart. If you'd like, you could silently say to yourself, I am loving and approving of myself. I love and approve of myself just as I am. And as you exhale, you could just gently say to yourself, yes.
my hope is that this meditation plants beautiful seeds or ideas of beauty that surrounds all of us in our hearts and guides you along your path to see all the beauty in your life. Namaste.